0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome back, everybody, to another of our Learn with Sue Walk and Talk podcasts. Myself and Tanya have been lucky enough to spend some time at the World Happiness Summit. And as you know, our Walk and Talk podcast is all about where we chat about well-being, emotions, neuroscience, and all the things that help us be the best we can be. And certainly we had some interesting conversations at the World Happiness Summit that we thought we'd share with you that may help you reflect on your well-being. So, Tanya, how are you doing? I'm really well, thank you, Sue, on this bright, sunny day again today. How are you doing? Good, good. It is glorious. So, we talked quite globally last time. We talked about planet and government, etc. cetera. Um, there were some other, quite a few, actually, other presenters that talked quite a bit about their story so I don't know if you want to maybe share um, your thoughts about, particularly about Karen, who is the um, the founder of Wahasu. What were your, what's your thoughts about uh, her story and the background of Wahasu as a sort of setting the scene for some of the stories we heard?
1: Yeah, and I have to say, it was wonderful. Um, I'd exchanged uh, with quite a bit with, or corresponded with Karen mm. um, in the past. It was, it was wonderful to actually meet her in person and have a little bit of a chat. Um, and again, as you said, it was quite interesting around um, a lot of, I would say probably the majority of the presenters actually stories and again her story was and I won't go into obviously the detail but again the purpose of her creating Wahasa was creating meaning and purpose from trauma I think she called it and then I've put in brackets what I would see as post-traumatic growth uh, which I've spoken about previously so um and again for those of you who don't know she lost her husband um a few years ago he had flu and there was a little bit of a um Complications. complications shall we say with, with the treatment and she very sadly lost her husband and he was it appeared her absolute rock um, but what was really wonderful also is she kind of explained how she was at a crossroads well do I give up almost mm. um, and she has got two children and they would have been quite young at the time or what do I do what do I just give up and literally give up on life Or do I make a decision around what I'm going to do with this circumstance, situation, event, if you like, life event? Um, And she did say about how she had a little um, voice in her head, which she said was her mother saying, well, what about the children? Mm. And she's like, oh, no, I've got to look after the children. (laughs) So, again, it's quite interesting when we get these little voices kind of reminding us that we have a choice a choice Mm. um and there are other people involved etc so it was lovely to hear from her and she kind of explained that she started then looking at the science around happiness and she'd looked into obviously Richard Layard and she mentioned Sonia Lubomirsky and Tal Ben-Shahar um and studied with you know their work or probably read their books over, over a number of weeks um But again, it was interesting how she brought in the forgiveness to it, and again, around forgiveness creates more happiness, love and passion in your life. Um, And this is why she kind of created Wahasu to fill, and I'm using these words, she didn't say this, but fill the gap Mm. of, her the passing of her husband and her missing her rock um, and it kind of felt to me um, also a wonderful thing to do for her own legacy really yeah. and bringing more people together so i think um again she said and i've quoted the choice of happiness rather than being the victim yeah. um which really as I say, fundamental i think all of the presenters were saying this so it's it's how we, we've gone through our trauma then found um Love and light, I'll say, (laughs) although that sounds a bit...
0: And it's interesting you say that because it immediately brings to mind um, Fred Luskin's talk. So for those of you who don't know Fred Luskin, his area of research has been forgiveness for many, many years. And um, he specifically talked about forgiveness is about making peace when life sucks, Mm. which I thought was quite a lovely sentence. Um, But he spoke about, you know, I've been wronged or the world has thrown me bad stuff, you know, adversity, etc., that um, if we carry that with us, and he talked about victimhood, um, if we allow victimhood stories to perpetuate, then there is no future. And he talked about, you know, without forgiveness, there's no future because we keep carrying around. And I think that links to Karen's story quite beautifully about her crossroads of, you know, shall I give up or no, I choose happiness. Mm. um, And I choose to move on. And the t-shirts they had were around, I choose happiness. But I think if we go back to the science, What I really loved about um, Fred Luskin was um, he talked about forgiveness and how important forgiveness is, but he also talked about, based on the research, that um, gratitude, kindness, compassion are the foundations, if you like, upon which forgiveness exists. And, you know, he said, life is what it is. We can't control sometimes what life throws at us. She couldn't control that her husband died when she was 41 or 40 or whatever. Um, but she can control then how she um, deals with it, I suppose. So I liked that that, that sort of followed on, that Fred Luskin fo- followed on from her story. And he sort of gave more of the science behind why these choices are important. Mm. And again, just following on with, with
1: with Fred's again he again he mentioned you know human beings matter, um people and purpose again, with the gratitude piece, he said, uh, recognizing the abundance of your life that's really important um, and again, he again mentioned once you have gratitude, this will lead to peace, mm. um, forgiveness again, he mentioned about, around really about the brain really, but forgiveness puts the threat receptors at rest, mm. and again, I thought actually that's really interesting but it's really helpful and really true um and again it's something that again i wrote down that he said which again struck well, resonated i guess with different conversations i've been having with people the more unique you think your suffering is the longer it takes to heal and i just thought yeah i can totally see that where it's again that kind of victim mentality or well it's and I thought that's really interesting again, how we might create not well, we might create our story, we'll be defined by our
0: story, and we prolong the pain i 'll call it yeah, as um, in you don 't understand because this hasn't happened to you, you yeah. don't understand what it 's like and and it leads me back to a conversation we had with Kim Cameron actually um, and i don't know if we actually recorded this bit, but it's a conversation I had with Kim Cameron um where I always say that I know that everybody in the room has experienced adversity. When I'm facilitating or whatever you, everybody in the room has experienced adversity. Whether they call it trauma or not, everyone's experienced adversity. Because he actually said, oh, I always assume 50% of people in the room are going through it right now. Um, and that links back to what you just said about Fred, is if we think we're unique in our suffering, then it takes longer to to heal. Um, whereas if we recognize that, okay, you might not have had the same as me, But you've had adversity you've had difficulty um that helps us perhaps understand so i thought that was interesting too i love Mm. that you actually wrote that down that that sentence i think that's really useful
1: and it's interesting because another thing he said without forgiveness you bring your past into your current life yeah and again it's this holding on to i'll say again i'll use the word pain the trauma what have you and again it's quite interesting because again i've been thinking about it and we've had many conversations around this around curiosity around not, I was going to use the word why and I am going to use the word why but it's more rhetorical why do we feel um, we have a closer connection with other human beings when we talk about our trauma and is it around well you're like me as in you are like mm. me um, we have similar experiences or again I'm going to be more of, a victim than you um but it's kind of quite interesting and i wonder it'd be helpful and i can see the the, the support that we get from the connection again mm. though if we keep talking about our story that happened 10 years ago 15 years ago 20 years ago is that really helpful does it tip mm. over to then the un,
0: un um breaking open the wound again as well I don't know it's quite interesting I yeah yeah look it's an interesting one I'm certainly not suggesting anybody at the conference is doing that maybe they are maybe they're not I don't know them enough to to know but we heard a lot of personal stories mm. and I guess maybe I'm a bit like you is I don't want to be defined by my story of something that happened 25 30 years ago or even 10 years ago and Fred helped bring that to mind is okay so something happened whether it's an illness or whatever it is or a particular trauma the more i talk about it or live it then i'm carrying that thing forward is there a way and and again these were words that he used that i wrote down that i thought was very helpful he said hold it no. speak it own it and then let it go. Mm. And I thought that was really important because we talk about this all the time with emotional intelligence is the hold it is, accept this is how I feel right now, I feel betrayed, I feel hurt, I feel pain, um, I feel suffering, I feel grief, I feel anxiety, I feel whatever. Um, speak it as in whether you're writing it down, you're sharing it with somebody, you're getting support, therapy, etc. Own it as in, yes, it's made me who I am and then, OK, forgive, let it go. Mm. And I thought those words were actually quite helpful for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, another, and I've quoted him again, Or quote, without forgiveness, it will be a hostile future.
0: Mm. And again, I
1: thought that he really made some quite profound statements. And again, this links into um, another speaker we heard from, and I'd not heard of, of her before, called Ala Klimenko, I hope I've pronounced her name correctly, a psychologist from Ukraine. And yeah, there were quite a number good. of people that had come from Ukraine, which was wonderful. Mm. Um, And I'm not sure if I'm going to actually pronounce, I'm going to try and pronounce it. Go for it. I'm going to try and pronounce it. She started off with a slide saying, na shatsya, which actually means for happiness. And again, the reason I'm bringing this or linking it into Fred's, and I think she was actually before uh, Fred's presentation. um, It was around, she brought in the kintsugi. Mm,
0: Kintsugi, bowls breaking.
1: Yeah. Um, and it was around embracing imperfection, which, again, we've kind of heard about or it's been banded about, again, the language embrace you know, we've all got imperfections, etc. But what I really loved about her presentation was, um, I guess, the psychology side. And it kind of reminded me then of, of cognitive behavioral therapy and what have you. But again, her number one, she said, make a decision which again links then to to what Karen Guggenheim was saying. But I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to heal. Mm. Um, the second part was around restoration. What part of us would we like to let go of? I'm now yeah. going to restore, I'm going to heal, so I'm going to choose to heal, then I'm going to decide how I'm going to restore. And again, she was saying about changing the narrative of yes. our story. And she said, what would you be without your story? Mm, who, who would, would, you, would you be without your narrative? Yeah. Change your narrative, change your life. And again, I thought wow, that was so beautifully put, and again, yeah. so, but so simple. Mm. But actually, who would you be, and this, again, this is more rhetorical, yeah. without your story? So again, it's just quite interesting, and mm. uh, yeah, I, I loved it, I loved it.
0: Well, the thing that I really liked about Alla, um, she had a beautiful presence on mm. stage as well. She was worried about her English, and yet I thought her English was amazing. Um, uh, and I think the first thing, so she, she likened it to the steps of um, Kintsugi, um you know, the art of kintsugi, I suppose, um, and the art of imperfection, and how things are more valuable, um, as in a plate will be more valuable once it's been kintsugi'd, if that's even a word. Um, But I actually like, um, before you get to step one of the make a decision, I think step zero was be broken. And I think her acknowledgement, the fact that all of us at some point will be broken, as in there will be something that will happen that will hurt us, destroy us, harm us, traumatize us, etc and then the make a decision but what I really liked about the step one that you mentioned about make a decision to heal or whatever is uh, in Kintsugi you make a decision to restore as in are you going to restore the broken plate or not but then she said the decision is do you go synthetic as in super glue, you just shove it back together again and hope nobody notices and try and piece it exactly or traditional which is using the Urushi gold glue thingamajiggy um, which is then going to make it better and I thought that was a lovely analogy Mm. for life as in Do we just try and shove ourselves back together again, hope nobody notices because we've used super glue and we've put the pieces exactly back as they are? Or actually, do we put the pieces back differently? Mm. Do we create something new, something more beautiful, something different? So I think that was really interesting. And then, as you said, the restoration, change your narrative, change Mm. your life. And she used a really good um, activity for this or uh, part of her presentation uh, with images. Oh, yes really good um, I don't know you share um, well again the images
1: and I'm trying to think well there were different images of, of people of animals of the nature. environment nature um, and she's just she literally just said just watch watch and listen and the music she was playing I don't know what the music was but anyway there was some type of music and as you were watching it um, I'm going to leave, leave that there because then she came back and she said now I want you to watch it again and so she had exactly the same slideshow and the music had changed Mm. and the music the second time round was a little bit more joyful a little bit it was it was uplifting Mm -hmm. it wasn't you know jumping up dancing but it was certainly more uplifting and again for me it was very interesting i guess the rest of the audience of how again the music can Mm. change your feelings, your emotions, how, you, how you're sitting, how, you, the, how you're perceiving the information that you're, you're getting from the screen was really quite profound. I thought, yeah, it's just wonderful. Yeah, and
0: I love that because obviously we've used that in an exercise before from a leadership perspective of using music environment to change how people feel mm. in order to change an output. But I think what was really lovely is the, the little sort of slideshow of images only went for about 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Um, but the first music was quite it sort of was building as if you were anticipating something negative was mm. gonna happen. And the last bit was um, the two boys, I think, in the stream, maybe Indian, and one of them went to slap the, the older one, the younger one sort of went to slap the older one as this is it finished. But it was almost like, oh my God, he's gonna do something terrible. Yeah. But with the second music, it totally changed how you feel. It was inspiring, it was uplifting. They were both classical pieces. Mm. But at the end, when the boy was slapping, you knew it was, he was slapping on the back because they were having so much fun. Yeah. Well, you didn't know that, obviously. We have no idea. But that's how it made you yeah. feel. And I think that was a beautiful link to the change your narrative, change your life. Mm. Um, just, again, as a reminder. She was, she was quite inspiring. Yeah, I,
1: I really enjoyed it. And, again, it's something around the restoration, which reminded me of something around Jen uh, Fisher's talk, which I'll come to in a moment. But, again, with the steps that Allah was going through. Mm. So with the, the um, number two of the restoration, what would you be without your story, etc. Number three was around polishing the lines. So the lines of the crack, the bits that are broken, as it were, um, and she was saying, this takes time. Mm. Um, and again, she says, you cannot heal if you cannot feel. Yeah. And again, I thought, again, this is stuff we, we teach. We teach. Yeah. Um, but it was very, very new, it seemed, to a lot of the audience, which is then wonderful that they've learned something. And again, step four was enjoy and admire. And again, what I really loved, step five, was um, around embracing the imperfection. Yes. Um, and we are all broken that's how the light gets in and that was a saying by Ernest Hemingway but as you say we are all broken yeah um whatever that means to you whatever that means to me yeah it's yeah just really quite wonderful uh,
0: I think one of the things that she mentioned possibly around step three was um life lessons will be repeated until they're learnt. Mm. um and I think that's really interesting because I know um myself and my sister for years have had our little saying of feather brick truck as in um, something happens and it's like a feather that tickles you and lets you know that something's going on and if you don't pay attention then you get hit by something harder and it's like a brick being thrown at you and then if you're still not paying attention it's like a truck being hit Mm. Um, whether that's physical illness, mental illness, whether it's burnout, challenges, adversity, etc. So I like the fact that she said life lessons will be repeated until they're learned. And what I also liked around step four that you mentioned around enjoy and admire she mentioned that the kintsugi the glue the arushi glue evaporates and it evaporates every day and the point is to notice as it changes Um, and she said it only lasts for about 50 years and again i thought that was useful again for us to understand as human beings is there will be certain times where the the cracks appear again and it's okay and we can notice etc but we can still enjoy the fact that we've experienced being broken that is part of who we are um, and the last step, yeah, embracing perf- imperfection, we're all imperfect who wants to be perfect Absolutely. anyway <laughs> yeah. and I think to your point, which was so
1: lovely, when she kind of kicked off with saying well, she was nervous backstage and what have you and somebody said to her, are you okay and what have you got to be nervous about, and she said, well my English, it's broken but again, she then flipped the narrative here. it's like, well, of course it's broken, okay. but that's okay, I'm going to embrace that yeah. um, it, it was gorgeous, I
0: mean goodness Yeah. Um, um, you mentioned you were going to come back to Jen so Jen Fisher from Deloitte's
1: yeah, and again, it was something that I wanted to mention, but it kind of linked to me again in my head when we were talking about making the decision. But the two types of kintsui, again, the super glue or the um, urushi glue, the traditional, the synthetic type of healing or the traditional healing so um, jane fisher as many of you may know she's the chief well-being officer at deloitte and again they are huge sponsors um, of wahasu um, and she was talking again about her story her narrative of um how her involvement kind of came about as a chief well-being officer um, and i think what this relates to with the, with the time to heal restoration is because she was talking about burnout um, Generally and she was saying around again in companies organizations This it wasn't about Deloitte but this is just generally around well-being is that we have this um I don't know, fallback, I guess, of, well, it's okay because you can rest at the weekend yeah. or take a couple of days off. And again, to me, that's kind of like the the super glue, <laughs> but we're not actually dealing with well, what, what's, what's behind this, why are we working, I don't know, I'm going to say 24-7 and what have you. And she'd said, you know, this is the norm. Well, you've got the weekend to recover, um, but it's not just quite enough. So again, I thought that was, that was quite interesting. Um, how that related to it um, but again she spoke about how we then need to really change the culture there are no or haven't been any role models about working effectively, no boundaries um, mm-hmm. and she herself said and I've put in quotes again, she at the time was losing herself little by little um, and again is this around a validation for success maybe for individuals, technology coming into it, so to, she said you know the 24 hour work cycle and she actually said the fear of missing out as well which you can kind of under, I get that um of course and again like to me it links back to well, behavior breeds behavior Mm. well if we as a team and organization are going to be in this 24-hour work cycle and this is what i say to clients you know very frequently (laughs) um particularly recently it's like well we're all going to be able to work 24 7 because Mm. the work doesn't stop but actually it's about putting those boundaries in um and again she spoke about boundaries and she said they are worthless if you don't communicate them. Um, And again about looking after yourself, looking after yourself first before you can look after others. So again it was quite um, interesting and I will just say on that because I'd love to know your thoughts. She also mentioned around human leadership which again really resonated with me because again it made me think about your um, keynote in Iceland at Mm. the European Conference of Psychology around the future is human. Um, So
0: yeah I I don't know, What what did you think? Yeah, look, I think it's really interesting that many people shared their stories, Jen included. Um, and I I think that's nice and people resonate and connect with it. But I think behind that is um, the boundaries element. What boundaries are we putting in place for our life? What's suitable? Like I know myself, sometimes I will work not 24 seven, but I will work really long days, etc. And I'm okay with that and I've even said to you and others in the team, I am more than happy for you to absolutely fill a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday as long as I get my Friday clear to sort of catch up or I'll work really solidly for four weeks and then I know that I've got a gap. Um, So I think to to, to Jen's point about put boundaries, I don't believe that I put a boundary in place and then I just go, well that's it and I'm not gonna respond to my emails and I'm not gonna do this and I'm not gonna do that. But I agree with her point of if you don't communicate those boundaries. So if I say to you I've got one hour and then I have to drop off, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter if we're on a meeting what my reason is, Um, then I have to be prepared to drop off, still politely saying goodbye, personally, Um, but you also have to respect that after that hour I've already communicated it. So I I do agree with that, I think that's useful. And it actually um, linked a little bit to Tayab Rashid's um, work. He he did a really cool, uh, an interesting exercise, and he shared some stories, etc., But I think uh, one thing he said at the end, and we talk about this often when we talk about um, having goals, whether it's career goals, like Jen said, you know, you want to be in a leadership role and you've got these things and therefore you feel like you have to behave a certain way to get there. He reminded us, which we all know, uh, that we are the author of the journey and the destination. Mm. And again, I think that's really important is there are implications if you make certain choices if you want to be the ceo or you want to be in a senior leadership role or whatever you you can put boundaries and you can make choices and there are implications to those choices so if i choose to work 24 7 because i've got to cut across time zones then there's implications to that on my well-being equally if i choose not to and I choose not to engage, then there may be implications for a career perspective. Um, and that might not be anything I can do about that if I work for a global company. I can't change time, I can't change the way the world is. Um, but I think it was really useful, Taya, just rem- reminding ourselves that we are the author of the journey and the destination. Mm. Absolutely,
1: and, we, and that's, you know, a wonderful thing around empowering ourselves. Yeah. But again, and I appreciate that's probably easier said than done in, in many corporate organizations. But again, it's around communicating, as Jen said, or said you know, said, communicating those boundaries. Yeah. But it's also the respecting them. Yeah. Um, and to your point, and we've kind of spoken about this before, around well, i don't know it might be that i can work well i wouldn't work eight hours flat out without many breaks because i know the impact (laughs) of my brain from a neuroscience perspective and what have you but it's again around having those well-being strategies but for me it's about understanding what those well-being strategies Mm. do can do for me what i need for my brain whether it's in a quick right i'm going to spend five minutes learning my spanish on duolingo um so i'm still using my brain actively or looking out the window all of these kind of different things or actually i'm going to go out for a a run for forty minutes and really mm. pelt it and what have you and then come back. So again it's quite um interesting and the more we practice and this is again which is something that I'm personally I am proud of um of practicing what I teach around well I do look after my well being. Sometimes mm. I might fall off my pedestal. I'm a human and what have you go, on oh, a pedestal. Okay. I'm a yeah, cushion, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my well being pedestal. But again it's like okay pick myself back up. I know yeah. not to do that. And again when you start to feel um any negative emotions like oh i've got to work again actually then that's a sign of okay i just need yeah. to take a bit of a break yeah but then usually i think if we we are practicing
0: what we teach um it's around we recover much quicker but again this will lead to another whole another conversation <laughs> yeah and i know i've <laughs> spoken before of as soon as i noticed the emotion of resentment then I know something needs to change. So, uh, yeah. But the last person I did want to talk about before we uh, wrap up our series on uh, Wahasu is Tayab Rashid. Um, so he is just gorgeous. He was on our Learn Live in Conversations uh, a little while ago. Uh, he's now with the University of Melbourne. And um, he, was, he, he has a beautiful presence um, and shared a few stories, etc. But he did a little activity with us. Um, which sort of linked very much to the theme of the conference. What were your thoughts about that? I'd love to remind what the activity was now. I'm thinking of the hands, but that wasn't him. No. That was Allah. Yeah. Um, no, so basically, Tab he asked us, and I'd like, actually, I'm going to ask everybody listening to, to do this with us, OK? So I'd like you to get in your mind a time oh. um, when you laughed out loud it was you know the peeing your pants laughing you're hysterical you're having a really good belly laugh um, think about a time try and get that clear in your head and ask yourself the question were you alone as in by yourself laughing by yourself or were you with somebody okay that's point number one point number two think of the last time you experienced high levels of joy felt yourself you're not necessarily laughing but you're bursting with joy and once you've got that clear in your mind again ask yourself the question were you alone or were you with somebody okay number three there's four of these so we're on to number three Uh, reflect on the last time you felt a strong sense of meaning and purpose in your life so think about that that last time you felt a just a sense of meaning and purpose I had a couple when I came to this so uh, you might have more than one but try and land on one and again ask yourself the question were you alone or were you with people and then the fourth one is think of the last time you felt really proud of something something you were really proud of and again were you alone or were you with someone And what he did, and he was the only person actually to use Menti on his presentation, which I thought was interesting in the age of technology now. Um, He got us all to think of those four things, and then we had to fill in a poll of, was it none, as in when were you alone? So none, I was alone. One, I was alone. Two, three, four. And I think it was something like 50-odd percent was none, 30% was one, and 20% was two, but there was no three or four. Um, So I don't know what your thought was that, but I thought it was quite a lovely way of illustrating the importance of connection.
1: Yeah, it was. And I think this is the thing, again, um, around what was really lovely, actually, was about thinking about when was the last time I laughed out loud, roarsly, all the rest of it, um, literally falling on the floor, floor belly laughing. (laughs) And again, think about, actually, when was the last time? Mm. And what was I doing? And then again, how can I create more of that? Or again, the purpose and meaning, or again, joy for me. Again, I remember feeling it actually not that long ago. It was when I was in Byron Bay, being on the beach, Mm. and I was by myself, because that just, it felt joyful, and it was just so beautiful. So again, it was, really lovely i think the the action of checking in with ourselves and asking those questions and then what can we do with that yeah and to your
0: point how do we create more of them yeah because i have to admit i laugh a lot when i'm with david because he's funny and he makes me laugh um but um yeah how do i create more of those moments of the real belly laughter preferably not or not always with drink involved (laughs) yeah because usually that's when we get absolutely um, any other thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah,
1: the only other thing I would say with but yeah, he was lovely, a very, very lovely nature on stage, so we say. Um, what I loved around, because he kind of was speaking about mental health around as well, but he actually brought in strengths. Yes. Um, and a couple of the other presenters kind of did. There was one chap, I can't remember his name now, that I'd not heard of. But he was saying, Tywin was saying, strengths are very active in healing, mm. and a strengths-based approach can be beneficial in mental health. Um, And again, they didn't remind me of what that, again, that's what we teach around. But again, the real importance of that, but I think what was so beautiful is around mental health, mental ill health, that actually let's really have the the strengths base focus should we say and he's a
0: real driver of using strengths for um, I mean as a psychiatrist psychologist he's used strengths in so many ways to help people suffering from um, you know whether it's alcohol addiction or whether it's um, various things to do with um, anxiety depression schizophrenia etc of using strengths and I think he's a wonderful advocate for Positive psychology is no, not just for well people to get happier. It's actually for sometimes when we're not feeling quite so well, from a mental health perspective, of how do we use those strengths every day to find a way mm. through. And and I liked what you said there of an active. Sometimes we do our strengths profile or the VIA or whatever, and we go, oh, that's interesting. And yet the key thing is the active element. How am I using my strengths on a regular basis um, to help me through tough times? Because that's how I often use it. Sometimes I think about it on reflection after a good day. And yet actually when I use it most, when I pull it down from my wall next Mm. to my desk is, okay, there's something I don't really want to do here. Or I'm procrastinating or I'm, I don't know, whatever. Um, how am I going to use my strengths to help mm. me? And again, I think what's really
1: beautiful again with him, as you say, uh, um, in his field of work and specialism or expertise, I should say, with his clients, patients, uh, whatever he calls them. He called them clients. He did call they, them yeah. clients. And again, there was a slide, and I don't have my phone on me, but again, it was feedback from the clients. But again, with this strengths-based approach, given. Um, <sighs> the clients that he's dealing with with their challenges it's again about changing the narrative is, yeah. okay this did happen to you um let's let's heal from that let's restore it and we have you but now let's look at what you
0: yeah.
1: what makes you happy what makes you roll on the floor laughing and you're in pain <laughs> in your stomach you get core muscle ache or whatever you find out you've got core muscles whatever it is <laughs> um so yeah just really quite lovely really lovely so yeah i enjoyed his too
0: yeah well, I think that's a lovely way to end our conversation. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, we've given you a little bit of a snapshot. We haven't spoken about everybody that spoke, but we've certainly talked about the ones that probably resonated the most with us. Um, there were many more people that spoke throughout. Mark Williamson from Action for Happiness, mm-hmm. um, Jacqueline Brassy from the McKinsey um, Health Institute, uh, a couple of people from Randstad, Um, Sarah Cunningham from uh, Oxford University a whole bunch of different people that uh, did spoke that we haven't necessarily touched on Um, but we will leave it there so thank you for listening to our waffles and rambles thank you for hearing about our oranges, lemons, our pasta (laughs) our risotto and all our woohoo! we are going to sign off now and I'm going to take Tanya to the airport so um, thank you everyone for listening if you do want more information on anything that we talk about here please jump on learnwithsue.com and maybe consider becoming a member um, so that you can join some of our live sessions with our amazing experts, including John Hanwell. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, Sue. Take care. Ciao.